Hey everyone, welcome to The Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Ash Thorpe, and this week we have freelance art director and motion designer, Mitch Myers, on the show. Mitch reached out to us recently and wanted to share his story and some of the lessons that he has been learning about finding balance in his life and the art of freelancing. One of the things that I found while interviewing Mitch was his ability to find time to reflect and discover his inner balance. Mitch offers some very useful advice and tips for those of you who are striving for balance in your creative life. So let's begin everybody, episode 177 with Mitch Myers. Let's roll. I became aware of your work through uh, a mutual friend, uh, Jorge, uh, Jair Canest, obviously. Um, you guys did a, a project together, which was the, what do you call that? Like the loading screen for the Adobe After Effects? What, is that what it's called? Loading screen? Yeah. Whenever they, whenever Adobe contacted us, um, they mentioned it as, I guess, the new brand identity for After Effects. Gotcha. Yeah. The brand identity. That's right. Yeah. And it's, um, it's cool because like I, I've known Jorge for quite some time now too. And I, I follow his work as well. And, and it's cool to see kind of like this interesting collaboration between the two of you. Did you guys know each other prior to this or was this a, an Adobe love connection? Um, I think we probably knew of each other, but we've never worked with each other before. Um, and uh, we've never even really talked of, uh, to each other. It was mostly just, I think, mutual, just looking at each other's work. So we were both kind of stoked to be put in the same email with Adobe yeah, and uh, going through kind of what Adobe was looking for and why they kind of decided that year to do um, like a, a mutual kind of project with two artists instead of just one. Uh, yeah. it, was, it was a cool kind of concept that we were really jazzed to do. Yeah, I think it's actually um, pretty form fitting for such a such a brand to like a brand that's leading the way with creativity too. you know, which is really rad. So exactly. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And do you guys keep in touch still? Um, yeah, we kind of, um, when we, when we, uh, got done with the after effects, uh, brand identity, we kind of talked a little about how our two styles are kind of, you know, totally different, which makes sense why Adobe came to us, um, both to see if we wanted to collab on something. Yeah. Um, but, uh, we're like, if, if a project somehow like, melds both of our styles together something like that like let's hit each other up and let's do something together it'd be super fun so hopefully that still um is in the cards in the future and ends up happening yeah yeah i mean that's what you want right you want to have um that 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 ability to to work and try new things and and it's i think that's really at the heart of it is what they're probably after too and by putting together two different types of styles you get that interesting alchemy which is Definitely. cool. Yeah. Awesome. But that's really kind of how I became aware of your work via our friend. And, and then obviously a program I use quite consistently. So um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Congrats. So that must've been a special thing for you then, huh? Yeah, it was incredible. I, um, that was, I got the email actually right when I was thinking about going freelance, hmm. um, because I used to be in the, the agency world and, um, I, I, it was, it was a good kind of stable, type of environment for my career, but I was just kind of like looking for something different, um, with like something with a little more freedom and something to fit my kind of my needs and, uh, values and goals and stuff for the future. 
Um, but after I got that email from Adobe and they were wanting me to jump on that brand identity with JR, I was like, man, this is an insane opportunity. I didn't really think it was real to tell you the truth in the sure. beginning. I was like, why, why did I get this email? This is strange. <laughs> um, but like it, I, um, I hit up JR, um, and we were both kind of really excited and going back and forth with each other's schedules. Like, can you fit this in? Like, can we actually do this together? And they were actually wanting to do like an animation. Um, and we kind of both looked at our, our first month, uh, the month that they wanted to do. And it was my first month freelance at that time. And, uh, we're like, yeah, it's going to be tight, but there's no way we're going to let this like go. So hmm. we're going to, we're gonna at least make uh, a still happen. Yeah. No, that's good then. I mean, that's good that it worked out the way it did. There's a couple of th- keywords in there that I ca- caught when you were speaking. You talked a little bit about coming from an agency, which I'm very curious about. I- obviously, also, um, from what I know, you're not based in L.A. as well, right? No, yeah, I'm based uh, in St. Louis, Missouri, actually. Okay, awesome. That's something I really want to talk about as well. For sure. Um, and that kind of leads into some ideas and things that we want to talk about later in regards to education and tutorials and your values and goals. So um, let's go back to what you said earlier about working at an agency. Um, probably can't mention details or if you can, then that's fine. But um, so you're working. Is that where you cut your teeth? Is that where you're beginning from is, is working at an agency? Yeah, um, I actually my first full-time job in this kind of industry was working with the St. Louis Rams, the football team before they moved to LA. Um, and I worked in their broadcasting department. Um, and we did a lot of, uh, like online web style videos for the Rams. Um, and we did a lot of the in stadium graphics and design and stuff like that, which is really cool. Um, I never thought I would get into a place like the Rams just because I'm not like a real huge sports guy, especially not with, um, football and stuff. I'm a little more into like extreme sports, Hmm. but I thought it was like a good way. I mean, especially for my first real job in it, uh, it was a good kind of like thing to put myself through and just see what it's like and get a little more experience before maybe I went towards like an agency that I would really want to work for. Hmm. Um, and then after that, I, uh, had the decision either to move to LA with the football team, um, or I was, um, potentially going to move up to Chicago and work with the guys over at Leviathan and, um, or just stay in St. Louis and just see, see what I can get here. Um, and it came down to mainly just having a daughter and a wife. My wife has her own business here. She owns a salon. Hmm. Um, and so we're kind of grounded here. Um, and so I ultimately made the decision to stay here and found an agency called Vidzu, which is like an amazing group of people. Um, we're like still some of my best friends. And um, we were doing some really cool work for some really big clients. Um, but just uh, probably a year and a half into that, I... I just still wasn't feeling right because um, I, I have these these goals set for my career and I, I just didn't feel that I was going in the right direction and the right speed that I, I needed to set for myself in order to reach those, mm. uh, which kind of got me in the position of maybe I should go freelance. Um, maybe it will give me the type of flexibility to make the fast decisions that I would potentially need to make to get where I want to. Mm. And um uh, it kind of came down to my wife just saying, like, go for it. That's and awesome. Once she, yeah, once she was really comfortable with me doing that, I 
I did some kind of research and talked to all of my friends in the industry and kind of got their take on what freelance life is like and mm-hmm. tried to dig in on the business side and what I should potentially look out for or need starting off, try to get like the best start that I could possibly get just so I don't have my family suffering in the background while I figure things out and things like that. Smart. But, Where are yeah. some of the key? Um, Cause I have a lot of friends um, calling me as well for that same thing. I feel like there's a big shift and movement in the creative fields towards working from home, being a freelancer, all that kind of stuff. I've been doing it for seven plus years now. So I've got, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's not, a, it's not easy. Um, we'll say first and foremost, but it is, um, pretty special and I love it, but it's not for everybody. What were some of the advice pieces? This is good for people that are curious, you know, for sure. Um, I, uh, I first went to one of my friends who's a, a director and cinematographer and um, he owns a like a short film type of agency. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, what would you be OK with paying a freelance motion designer, or visual effects artist? And he kind of gave me his like roundabouts of what he would be cool with, um, which give me a good kind of look into maybe the pricing of the area that I'm in, which yeah. is much lower than the, you know, the coast, which is, which is, you know, makes sense. Um, and, uh, especially being at the agency world before going freelance, I kind of knew what we were looking for in other freelancers while I was working there. Um, so that gave me a little bit of a head start too. And, uh, then going to some of the people that I've met throughout, you know, like NAB and Seagraph going to things like that and mm-hmm. working with, max on so closely um they were really good with kind of it even giving me some just confidence in it like hey you like your work is good you're gonna be fine just do your thing and you know i, I everyone so sketchy right felt that i could do it right yeah yeah it's like, <laughs> Cause you're like i have, I have okay. a wife and i have a wife and kids a family yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's like it's not that easy i yeah. hope like even <laughs> when you're confident in yourself yeah. there's still that thing in the back of your mind when you're making a huge life decision like that, that yeah. I could be screwing things up for a long time. hundred percent. And yeah. it's, it's a rough sort of decision, but I don't know. It's really, it was really freeing. Um, that feeling when I first said like, I'm doing it. Hmm. And then it, after that, I was just like, Oh my gosh, I, I can't concentrate on any of my work right now at the agency. Like I just, I'm so jazzed and I'm so ready to like, do my own thing and have control and make my life the way I want it to be really. That's good. That's really what freelancing is too, though. It's a, it's a way to design your life as you design your, your work, you know? Yeah. It's incredible. It takes kind of like a, a, a certain personality yes. um, and being kind of the extroverted people person kind of marketing do that I am kind of naturally it, it made it a lot easier to be okay t- with talking about myself mm. um, which is like a super important thing to do as a freelancer not just like promoting your work but promoting your own brand basically yeah we should talk about that actually because that's an interesting thing I've always, I, I've, I'm actually naturally an introvert so I do the podcast so I do public speaking because I yeah I don't like it I don't like uh it's a weird thing. It's, it makes me uncomfortable. I don't like talking about myself or my work. I haven't for since I was a kid. <laughs> I'm just like slowly learning that it's okay um, through the years of it. I think it's mostly an insecurity thing, but um, it's interesting. I think that's an interesting um, part of the ingredient that makes a good freelancer. 
is being able to be um, like not, um, I don't know how to explain, like not crazy egotistical and like absorb, like um, wanting all the attention, but enough to, to get yourself um, known and heard. But what do you think of that? Like, and what are some of the things that you've learned um, through self-exposure and all that kind of stuff? And I have a couple of things that I've learned over the years too, that like things that don't pop up in the immediate but come up later on. And as I see from other trends of people that might've burned out too hard, you know, but yeah, definitely just, just less, more or less curious. Like what's your take on it? Yeah. I mean, this industry I feel is, is a lot different than a lot of other industries around even cr- different creative industries. It's, it's kind of like a big group of people that just want to see the industry grow really um at least the groups that i've been around like everyone was just really into helping each other um and you know like critiquing each other's work in like a genuine way um and making sure that it's kind of like a big (laughs) family almost i don't know if that sounds weird or not but like it 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 feels like that right so it's it's kind of I, i found out very quickly that it's never a bad thing to show someone your work or talk to someone about their work. Mm. Most of the time they're really excited to. Um, and I've, as I've kind of grown as an artist and, um, gotten a little more exposure, I have had people come to me and ask me questions and, and wanting me to critique work or just asking about the business side, anything like that. And I'm totally excited to, kind of give back and spread the knowledge as best as I can and stuff. Cause I knew that I knew the kind of like the stressors of the, the industry and the type of career that I chose. And if I can make other people's lives a little bit easier and grow this kind of job that I put myself into, it can only come back around and help me out too. Um, so, so you, I think it's, so you believe kind of in giving then you in I do. Yeah, yeah. I think I, those, the people that kind of hold on to their secrets um, in air quotes and kind of do their own thing, you know, behind doors. And I don't know, it's just, to me, it's, it seems more natural to be able to progress, progress farther in my career by helping others progress their careers. Um, I feel like it always comes back around to that. Yeah, it does. I'll give like somebody um, a freelance client because they came to me first, but my my schedule's not open for a while, and you know I have some friends on you know the back burner that I'll be like, well, they'll, they'll probably be perfect for this uh, type of project. Let me hit them up and see if if they're willing to do or if their schedule's open, and you know like a few months roll around and they come to me with a client that they can't take care of and. It's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's, I've noticed that as well. I think that, um, for me, sometimes my first intuition, like, so like I'll put up something or I'll share something and then everybody's like, well, how do you do that? What tool do you use? What button did you hit? You know? And I'm, I I instantly want to be like, fuck off, you know, like (laughs) go find it yourself, you know, like, like this, like there's a weird thing that I've noticed now where there's so much accessibility that, Mm. um, and that's good. I think that's also a byproduct of that. And I'm, I think naturally I I'm, I'm similar to what you're mentioning about yourself, which is I do enjoy sharing and I, I thrive off of sharing things and, and giving people inspiration and 
helping them along. But there's also moments where I'm like, okay, guys, like you need to not be lazy and you need to get up off your butt and go do something, you know? So like there's this fine line that I've been finding over the years where you enable. And I think when you enable, you create this like weird, like, um, echo chamber that's rapidly reproducing. And it's just like, people are just trending hard. And it's just, it's one thing that I've noticed that's kind of, um, a turnoff. But at the same time, like I realize that I can get jaded and bitter at times because I'm just like, Hey, stop it. You know, like, <laughs> like don't follow this exactly. Like what you should be doing is being inspired just literally to create. But, um, I'm, I'm, I'm more or less ranting about it. It's something that I've been trying to process lately. It's like a common trend. Things happen so rapidly and so quickly. And, and again, as the abundance of, of information and, and imagery and all these things is so abundant now, which is great. At the same time, it's kind of interesting and different and it's changed rapidly since just the little bit that I've been in the industry. Um, and it's, I'm curious to see where it's all going, but that's yeah. good that you have that outlook because I, I agree. I think that life is for loving and life is for giving. And, um, it's just a matter, I think of what I find is, is to the right people. And, and I think that, um, it's all a matter of just when and how that's the lesson I've learned over the years, but it's, yeah, it's really difficult to know those yeah, things. I totally agree. Yeah. I think that you get a lot more out of life when you're like that though, when you're able to give and you're open. Um, I think that there's one thing that's quite interesting and maybe you felt it is when you give your secrets away and you like you shed and you grow. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you felt that as well. Like, like, um, I go through phases and I'll go through like an era and I'm like, okay, I'm done with this era. So I'm going to share all this information with people so I can move on and, and adapt and change and shift. Um, what do you think of that? Cause I know that you also put out tutorials and stuff as well, which was something we should probably get into as well. But yeah. Yeah. I, um, I mean, I, I totally agree with that too. It's, it's been a, a process of kind of learning for me. Um, the only reason that I've, I do tutorials like that and I only have like a few and that's mainly for the reason with people either coming to me being like, Hey, um, I saw, I don't know, like a planet you made, blah, blah, blah. Like, how'd you do the atmosphere? And then, um, if I don't have any like easy way to explain it through like a text, um, I'll just, just record my screen kind of going through my process, um, and building it. And then eventually I was like, Hey, maybe people will like to learn something like this or, um, even like a different thing I, I come up with. And before anybody asked me like, how, how do I do it? I'll just go ahead and record my screen just in case. Um, and if people are interested enough in that kind of build that I did, I'll just like put that video out there and it just shows like my experimentation, which I feel like is really important to show that I just, I didn't automatically know it. Like there's no, just, you you get to a point in your, the programs that you use to where you use them enough that you can solve problems really quickly, but there always is still, at least for me, this kind of experiment experimentation process to where I'm still have no idea how to, how to get somewhere. Um, that's what I'm talking about though. That's, that's where I want people to go. You know what I mean? Cause when you give them, when you enable them so much, it's almost like the rich kid, the trust fund baby that is (laughs) completely lost because you're like, Oh, you're lost because you don't have a soul. You know why you don't have a soul? Because you've never had to work for things, you know? Yeah. And like, Yeah. yeah, if you're totally like dependent on, uh, there being a tutorial out there for it, then you're going to lose out on a lot of 
a lot of exploration goodness yeah in the um, failure of art which i think is a very important part of finding your own style and being authentic totally. you know which is yes that's it's a very um it's a very hard thing i think it's something that it's so easy for me to say right because i've mm-hmm. gone through years of failing i'm coming up on my 10 10 years and probably like another couple of years so i'm on my 10,000 hours i'm ch- i'm smashing away you know yeah. <laughs> and yeah. in a couple of years now then i should be pretty beastly but i'm still going at it but it's easy for me to say after gone going through all that to tell somebody that's just starting like it's okay you know like the Mm. thing you want to do instantly is like get as much love as possible from people to affirm your crazy situation to leave a normal life and go into this world weird life you know and you're going to want those tutorials to help you and i i'm just i'm right there with you because i like the same thing but at the same time the one thing i found that is a hindrance is not willing to or not like instantly having all this gratification that's really frivolous and it's Mm -hmm. not like it's not rock solid if that if you know what i mean like it's not like you didn't earn the failure to get there if that makes sense you know yeah which is just it's a hard lesson it's a real hard lesson there's more to like growing yourself in as an artist than like creating pretty things yes Uh, like it's if you do have that fail kind of section in your like process, then it's, it's much easier to even grow your, like your mental resilient, resilient, re- resilience. Um, and the, uh, the, the ability to take pressures when it comes from clients and not knowing how to do something and starting with the Blake slate and not having, you know, that, that, video to always help you it gains confidence in your abilities to solve problems and get to a a certain level in your career and kind of like burst through that kind of wall that is there in the beginning where you're it's a good word for it because it is a wall yeah you're in that kind of tutorial section you're in that experimentation hopefully section where you're finding your style and a lot of people actually ask me how to find your own style, which is kind of a weird question, a hard one to answer, but it's like, how did you find your wife or something like that? And that's like, like, "Hmm." yeah, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. it's, it's true because it's so personal, you know, and it's such a unique thing. Yeah. I usually tell them that if, if you're experimenting all the time, usually it's the, the style that you can totally fail nonstop in and hardly create anything good. And even with this, that's at the start and you're still having an intense amount of fun. Yeah. That, that would be probably what I would go with as far as finding your style. If you find something that never feels like crap making, (laughs) you know? Yeah, that's exactly it. I think that's, that's definitely a part of the style finding is where you make something and you're not, feeling horrible you know and you're just in your element maybe let's say for example you just you decide that you're happiest when you sit down and you draw Mm -hmm. okay that's great you should just do that and then there's a moment there's 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 going to be years where you're sitting down and drawing and your art's just going to suck it's just how it is and that's you got to be okay with the fact that your art sucks for a while but through that pattern i learned this um i learned a really great lesson from mike mignola do you know who that is it sounds familiar mike mignola is the creator of hellboy he's a comic book artist Mm -hmm. yeah and i'm sure now you're thinking about him you can see his style in your head right definitely 
when I started drawing and I decided I really wanted to do like art and comics and stuff at a younger age, I would look to him constantly. And I think I looked to him in the beginning without knowing because I, I love design and he's much more of a, like he, the way he approaches compositions and, and things is, is as a designer does. But I read an interview with him because when I started drawing, I was like, man, I would look at guys like Jim Lee or Todd McFarlane. These guys would draw like all the windows and the buildings and all the detail and the cars and all this like, and I'd look at them and I would, and even like Katsuhiro Otomo and, and these guys and make Akira and stuff. It's like, man, this is, I, that that's not, that doesn't, that's not my thing. Like, and it <laughs> looks amazing and I want that, right? We yes. all, we all, what we want, what we can't have. And that's a normal human thing. And then what I realized is I, I read this interview from Mike Mignola and he said, you know, I, I looked at all those guys too. And, and I, and I just that I didn't want to draw every bu- window in the building. And that didn't, that didn't make the image for me. What made the image was the composition and the, the way of shadows and the use of shadows and the dynamics of it. And, and I realized, damn, you know what he did is he went all the way, he went through the business. He, he made himself completely different, unique because he said he called it being lazy, which I think <laughs> is just him saying he's writing off his, the fact that he was quite brilliant and the fact that he went off and did his own thing. And so he didn't draw every window and he decided to go off and make his own thing by just discovering his style based on what interested him, him most when he sat down to draw. And I think that's, I think it's a matter of finding what your core values are and why you're doing it and putting sure. that and infusing that in your work every time you sit down. And the, the more you sit down to do it, the more you, that comes out, you know, and the, the, the faster it comes out, but the more brilliance comes out because you're being authentic. And that's when you start to create trends and all that stuff, you know, so <laughs> definitely. Yeah. And it kind of comes full circle because then people, are going to ask you like, Hey, how did you figure that style out? And you're like, well, you got to sit down for years and just suck. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, do you, you subscribe to that then, huh? Oh, for sure. I, um, even when I, I used to play music before mm-hmm. I got into this world for there a living. Go. Same and thing. Parallel. It's, it's, yeah. Like I, I started playing guitar, um, in, uh, in my middle school actually. Um, and it was years and years until you break through that wall and then automatically like your fingers just feel like lighter and like faster and everything makes sense as far as reading music. And it just, it kind of clicks yeah. to a certain extent. Um, and that's really just from sitting down and practicing and being totally committed to like your craft and stuff like that. You don't, you're not going to get to like a certain point, um, in your career if you never kind of go through those stages. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's really, that's what I try to explain to people when they ask me like, Hey, what button did you push? It's like, it's not sure I hit buttons or sure I'm using a piece (laughs) of gear or something like that, that, that separates us. I totally agree. Um, so does every other artist, you know? Um, but I, one thing I, I mentioned is that what really divides and separates things in a, in a good way is, is we go off and we do what our soul's intention is, you know? And, um, I don't know. That's a, that's a, that's a difficult one, but it's something I, I, I often try to, to answer here on this podcast because this is like probably one of the best platforms to do so, you know, is to <clears throat> kind of find that, find that way of, of, of answering these kind of very complex questions within the realm of art. I think, uh, art is so, such a, a new thing really it is in the in our species history it's a very new and we're still processing it and it's coming along and it's it's fusing with the internet and the information age which and it's rapidly just going crazy 
you mentioned uh, something that we want. I want to talk to you about because you're a technician as well. You mentioned talking about like how different and unique this industry is and what we do is, is how unique and different it is. And I couldn't agree more. I think the thing that really baffles my mind is there's no other profession that I can think of where you, you have to learn so much so rapidly and it's constantly changing so much. I mean, I'm sure there's other ones. I'm just not aware of them. But let's put it for a quick example. Let's say like you decide to be a CGI artist. I mean, the list of, of things that you have to know and learn is astounding. Like it's got to be on the level of like, I don't know, I would imagine like what a doctor has to learn. <laughs> yeah. And we're not yeah. making doctor money. That's the thing, no. you know? And so there's, I, I don't know if you would agree or not, but I mean, I did a talk in Milan recently where I had, a, I part of my talk was explaining some FAQs and people always ask me, wait, what programs do you use? And so I'm like, well, here's the programs. And it was like 25 programs. And it's mm-hmm. like, and it's like, it's, that's kind of what has to happen. And every one of these programs has like, a million subsets to them, you know, like there's endless amounts of different ways to get to something, you know, and that anomaly. But what are your thoughts on that? Because I know that you're also, you've, you've, I can tell you've messed with Houdini a bit. You're, I think you use Octane for your render, right? Yeah. Yeah. We did do Octane. Yeah. And you're a cinema guy as well. Um, yep. I imagine. And then obviously After Effects, I mean, this, those programs alone, just After Effects alone, you could spend your whole career in and never oh, really insane. explore all of its power. It's and it, cause yeah. it's an incredible tool. That's just one of them. But what's your thoughts on that? Like the amount of, of things we have to learn and keeping up. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. The amount of things that we have to learn to, to be able to deliver the types of things that we are asked to deliver now, but <laughs> we're always being asked to deliver more for a client. Like the next time it seems like, which is the reason I jumped into Houdini. Cause I was like, Oh, maybe I, I need to know these things so I can give my clients more. And it's always kind of like a a fight to um, kind of show your worth, you know? Um, And if you can show that you're uh, worth X amount of dollars an hour and then some to gain clients that always come back to you um, along with a style and kind of visual polish that goes along with like your, your, technical savvy is like a, a golden kind of combination to have yeah is you can you can always out know someone but it's hard to out design a different person almost it's you know like art is kind of it's all subjective but um it's it's good to have a, a grounding in in both of those kind of areas so you can answer those questions from a client but you can also deliver a polished product yeah as a freelancer too, I think that's something that you found as well is like, um, the power of the movie, like when I first started out, it's, it's like, Oh, you're just a designer. Okay, great. And that still exists. <laughs> or it's mm-hmm. like now I think everything's cross crossing over and then the multiple yeah. disciplinary, um, uh, like what on average, what are you expected? Like when you're working on something and, and is this something that you approach like, Oh, I'll do the whole thing from concept to final execution. Or do you like to pair up? I, I personally like to usually because it's the time stretch is so hard. Mm-hmm. I usually pair up with friends and then we jam out together and, and do a project together because it's just simply, it's like, Oh, we need this in two weeks or like we need this in, <laughs> in a week or something. It's, it's what would have taken the teams that I worked at in studios like a month to do maybe more. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's right or wrong. I don't think it's right to be completely honest. I think it's, I think really great work takes time to 
permeate and 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 gestate and grow and and, yeah. and not not too much time but enough to to really let it sit and, and come up with that because a lot of times when you make things re- reactionary it's very knee-jerk and then you're just basically not usually you're not um you're not evolving because you're just kind of jamming it out really fast and you're not take sitting back and getting perspective because i think perspective is a, a vital part of growth obviously but yeah um, what's your thoughts on that? And then what's your process and, and how do you deal with like, you know, those demands that clients are putting on the rest of the community? Yeah, I agree that like a good project that really stands out always kind of has that kind of natural progression in it almost like it, like you started developing it and then it kind of took over and started developing itself in a way. And then you kind of wrapped it up. Yeah. Um, those always like, stand out to me and you can kind of tell the process was was a kind of like a natural state almost it kind of had this flow yeah Um, but as far as what i expect to do for a client um i think it's a really important thing as a freelancer and anybody else that's thinking about going freelancing um, is to know exactly what your client expects of you um Mm -hmm. even for specific jobs um, because I, uh, I, I could go to an agency client and, um, or they could come to me with a, a project and they'd be like, look, we need, um, this, we need this, uh, logo animation for blah, blah, blah. And it's going to be this long and blah, blah, blah. But, um, knowing, Hey, if am, am I going to be the art director on this? Am I, am I working with, um, a couple different guys on this? Am I going to, be editing this this uh this animation too or am i just sending you like clips of the deliverable and are are you taking care of the rest Mm. it's kind of knowing exactly what they expect as far as deliverables from you will give you a better idea on what to give them as far as an estimate if you do do estimates um and kind of where you should place your time um in setting uh delivery dates for yourself yeah. making sure you're staying on track and things like that. Um, I think that's one of the things I learned very quickly as becoming a, a freelancer is making sure I have all that stuff down before I even really get going on anything else. Yeah. Uh, it like having a good road ahead of you. That's a little bit planned out was always a helpful thing uh, because it, the process always gets changed randomly in the middle of a project, something pops in or that you weren't expect expecting. And if you have that sort of guideline roadmap that you place for yourself in the beginning of the process, then it's a lot easier to make flexible decisions. Yep. What were some of the things that hit you out of, uh, like, um, unexpected things that hit you, um, when you first started, uh, I, I have a couple, but what were some of the things <laughs> that you're like, wow, I didn't think that I would be spending this much time or effort on this part of it. Yeah. Um, I think freelancing is what I'm speaking of as well. So just people know. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I think one of the, the, the projects that I, uh, I was on, it was for a relatively big client. Um, and it was just something to do with a logo. Uh, and, when I was first getting the brief, it felt like a bigger deliverable than I was expecting, I guess. Um, 
and it it really called for me to buckle down and make this 3d logo like as polished and as fresh as possible sure um and given the time frame that they gave me i was expecting um something a, a little different as maybe just the logo polish being the first step in the process um mm-hmm. but it turned out just the the whole thing was just you know making the logo look really really good um so i was sending them a lot of tests and things like that um, which were basically wasting my time um when i should be you know focusing on the finer details and waiting a little bit longer to send them um some revisions and things like that for them to see because yeah. the things that were, we're sending them weren't really client ready um if, if that's we're a hard lesson at, exactly yeah. and so um i learned that really quickly um making sure that i know exactly what needs to be delivered and it just makes your life easier yeah that's a hard one to learn too is like when to show what and then how to limit certain things so as not to confuse your client or people oftentimes that's a real hard lesson because um i think what it has to do with is is um ego and at the same time like um the the nurturing nature we have around the art that we create and thinking that what we create is actually really great when in fact it's oftentimes not ready (laughs) yeah and it's like it's best to kind of hold off because it'll save you from damage control like They'll go, well, why is it red? Or what at least in a previs or something like, oh, no, don't look at that. You look at this. And then, cause you're already, <laughs> yeah. cause you, as a creator, if you have a real true vision, you've already seen it finished in your head and you're just slowly working through the nuances of like bringing it into reality, basically. And so that's really the, the trick. And then just kind of working with your client and trying to explain to them like, oh, no, it's, it's like this. And, and then all you're doing at that point is trying to earn their trust again because they're just completely like, wait. I thought you're going to do this, you know, and, yeah. uh, and that's, you know, and it's an uncomfortable situation because it's unfor- it's un- uncomfortable for them because they are paying you for something that they're hoping for is not that. And then you're just kind of bouncing around and it's, yeah, it gets, it's a, that's the communication side, which I think is really, um, really interesting. I, I thought you were going to say more or less, it was going to be the business side of this, the freelance <laughs> know, that was going to eat up your time. So you, the business <laughs> side has come out pretty natural for you. Um, I, somewhat natural. I always had this kind of need, um, to create an entrepreneurial type of lifestyle for myself. And I knew I always eventually wanted to own my own business, um, and kind of control my own workplace. And, uh, going freelance was a, a, a way of kind of grasping at that for myself. Um, and it, I think the fact that the business side interested me so much made it a lot easier for me to adapt and become uh, pretty proficient at it. Uh, I think from what I hear, a lot of the issues in the freelance world um, for artists is just the the kind of lack of aggression towards learning the uh, the business side of things, just not wanting to do it or not seeing importance in it maybe, um, or kind of spending a limited amount of time in that world and focusing more on the art side, which is, I totally get it. Um, but if you, if you kind of focus a lot of your attention on the business side of, uh, your career, then it grants you a lot more freedom to, to be able to focus on the more important things on the art side of, 
of your career. And I think it kind of helps you develop faster um, and mm. create better work too. What are some of the things that you've learned along the ways with business? Like some, some, I don't know, things that saved you a lot of time or something like a piece of advice you can give to the audience about like just, you know, things that you've done that you feel helped you um, accelerate faster. Yeah. I, um, I think one of the things, uh, it's a small thing, but very important thing is to get an accountant that you trust. Hmm. How do you find um, a good accountant? Cause that's a, that's the yeah. hardest thing ever. Um, you ask around and ask people. Yeah. I, it really just comes to Google searches and finding who's around the area and probably doing the same thing that clients do when they're trying to find a motion designer. Cause I mean, like how do you find a good motion designer too? Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Um, it's yeah, like just going around and seeing websites and bios and kind of feeling things out, meeting them in person. Usually a lot of them do free consultations, which is awesome because it gives you the chance to go in there for like an hour and just kind of get the vibe and see if, see if they're the right fit for you. Cause not only do they have to be good at numbers and, and things like that, but they also have to care about your business. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason I chose the accountant that I did is he asked a lot of questions about my business and showed a lot of like excitement about it to have a client like me. Um, and I was like, yeah, it's awesome. If he's really jazzed to like see my QuickBooks and <laughs> that's cool with me. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's good then. I mean, if it works out like that, that's good. And I think a lot of it comes down to just, yeah, just putting in the due diligence to, to research and look people up and really kind of study and ask around. Because that's, yeah, it's it's one of those things I feel is, is very difficult to find because especially it couldn't be more polar opposite from what we do, right? And that's probably like, I, I praise um, clients when they come to me that they're not from the creative realm. I go like, good on you. Like, it's awesome. Yeah. Like, it's cool right. that you are, like reaching out to a creative person, you know, to do, to help work with you, you know, on whatever it is that you're, that you're working on, you know? So, um, that's good though. that's cool. So working, finding a good accountant, what other thing do you feel is a, a vital thing as a freelancer something that you've learned along the way that's important? Yeah. Um, I think keeping a good, uh, file structure is extremely <laughs> important. Um, not only just Working clean. The, right. Yeah. Not even working just clean on the your program side as far as your um, creative programs, but also um, creating a file structure for um, like data and your uh, your uh, files as far as uh, Word docs or anything like that that you might send to your clients. My um, invoices, uh, whether it be deposits or estimates or finals, are made through InDesign. Um, I had a app when I first started out that kind of... Which one was it? I used Harvest uh, back in the day. And that one worked uh, really great. I think it was something like Wave, Wave app. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and it, it, it kind of gave you templates for um, invoices and it gave your clients the ability to pay directly from the invoice through like mm. a card or something, which was cool. Yeah. And they only took like a little cut and stuff, but I could not stand the design of the the invoices <laughs> and like i'm one of those i don't know in my well, mind like designer so yeah yeah, yeah. like I, I developed my own personal brand i like i worked really hard to do that and so why am i just going to like put out this crappy looking invoice <laughs> like, <laughs> so i i yeah. went into InDesign and and designed my own and 
got what I wanted out of it. So it's a little more work because I have to open up InDesign and change things around and do st- little stuff like that in order to just to send my client an estimate. But they get their logo right next to my logo on the invoice and they get like a freshly designed invoice that's specifically for them. You know, it, I feel like it, it gives a little more value in what I'm bringing to them, even if it's just something that little. Yeah, I think every every little thing like has a purpose. Has um, ha, have they mentioned this to you? Like, have they mentioned? Because that's always my question: is is how much do we think it matters, and does it really matter? You know? Yeah, I think that's it, always a that's always the balance, right? Or the the challenge yeah. to get balance. Yeah, yeah, it's it's super important, and it's cool because I've had um, a client reach out to me about how cool my invoice looks. Um, and also the fact I, it's like a two page invoice, but the, the first page is like a dark blue background with my like deep red logo on it. And like on the edge, it has the, the invoice number with the client's name and stuff. And then the second page is kind of the nitty gritty where it has all the, the breakdown and estimates and deposit and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's just like a plain white background. And they actually, we're like, hey, great design decision to make one page like a full color, but also the the important page a white background. So we don't have to print out like a full color page just to get like a printout of your invoice. So you can just print out the second page and not waste a whole bunch of ink. Yeah. Which is what I was thinking when I was designing it. Which in the fact that they noticed that was like fantastic. That's great to hear. Hmm. That's good then. I mean, I guess it, it all comes down to what matters, right? And if, if it matters to you to control everything down to the invoice and that's what matters, you know, and the time Definitely. that you spent on it, you know, like I think it's a matter of just understanding what you're interested in. Cause you could potentially go like, Oh, I really like this. And then you're like, then before you know it, you're making like the, <laughs> the next version of wave or whatever that app you're talking about. Yeah. You know? So then you're like, Oh, okay, well, this is where I am now and this is what I'm interested in. You know, like you never know really where, where this yeah. stuff takes you because it's just, it's, it is so random where your love and your passion kind of goes. Yeah. You, you mentioned having a family, which is something that, um, I didn't know. And that's really, um, it's something that brings up a really big topic that's constantly discussed and, and, and kind of, you know, we're all kind of trying to figure this out, which is the art of balance, which is very difficult. Um, I, at least I found it to be difficult. I've learned to get better at it over time and my life is probably more balanced than it ever has been now, but it's only getting better hopefully. But how, how did it start for you and how, how does it work now? And what are some of the, the strategies and techniques you've done to find a balance between your work and your family life? Yeah, luckily, um, before going freelance, I did listen to like podcasts like this one and things. And I knew, of the struggle with work-life balance whenever you're freelance. Um, and that's something that me and my wife just talked a lot about before uh, making the jump. And I think knowing that there's going to be um, some struggle, especially with a big change like going freelance um, between both of your lifestyles, you know, even if she's not in your your career industry, if she's doing a totally different thing, she's still going to struggle with you. Um, and just making sure that she understood kind of what may happen. Um, as far as, you know, I may be working a weekend really, really late every day to deliver something last minute, you know, like stuff like that 
is important for your partner to understand. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's also important to kind of look outside yourself when you are working and see it from a different perspective, making sure that you're not overstepping your responsibilities as a content creator, emotion designer or whatever you do. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, maybe sometimes you have to step back a little and I'm doing, it's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard for me to even say this, but like doing too much in your job, um, and not enough in your family life. It's hard for me to step away. It's incredibly hard for me too, because I always I have this incredible hunger for progression, <laughs> but like sometimes it's, it's better to turn off the machine for a little bit and do your, your daddy thing or mommy thing or brother thing or family thing, whatever your life looks like at the time. Um, and you know, coming back to the job after you spend a whole day with your daughter, it's, it feels much better <laughs> than coming back to it when you work the whole day prior anyway. Yeah. And that's a real difficult thing to wear those different hats. You know, I think that's, um, and just knowing when to turn things off and on, I think is really difficult. I think I've always felt that if you're truly a, a deeply involved creative person that, um, like it never, it never leaves really, you know, like you have to constantly feed that, like that hunger, basically I consider it a hunger. I like, if I'm not creative for a day, if I'm not having made something special, I feel like shit, you know, I know yeah, that's I'll totally my doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know that's totally self-induced. I'm sure that there's people I know that are much more balanced, but at the same time, I'm not sure if they're pushing out work as fast or as rapid or as like crazy, you know, yeah, I'm not definitely. saying that they're we're, I'm right or they're wrong. I'm just saying just different strokes, you know? So, um, yeah. but the thing that I've noticed, is just that like, it's important. Like, so this is a quick thing that I found that worked actually is I just recently got back into photography and I really love taking photos. And so, um, we would have like family outings and stuff and it's, I, I definitely enjoy my family time, but I'm constantly, my brain is just like, okay, what's that film? Okay. That's an interesting shot. Okay. That, that, that idea. Okay. That, and then it's just, it's not, it, it, instead of going like, what's wrong with me? I just go, you know what? Like I've been blessed with the gift of like having another like way of thinking and seeing things. And so I should embrace it by just going out and making things, you know? And so what I, what I do is I, now I just bring the camera along and then I, I have uh, my wife and daughter, I teach them how to take photos too. So it's like this cool bonding agent. At the same time, I'm able to be creative. I'm able to take photos and document the family, but at the same time, like take other photos of things and then like come back home and edit them. And it's just a lot of fun. And I found that 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 really helps a lot. It helps me stay creative while being able to be with my family as well. Because I feel like I, I would be best if I could just create all day long, like nonstop. <laughs> yeah. And if I didn't even need to sleep, that'd be great. Like, I don't, yeah. even, I, I don't, I hate the idea that I'm wasting time, you know? So. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Has, speaking about sleep, I mean, it's such an important thing. It's on my number one list of things that's important because everything falls from there for me. Um, mm -hmm. how, how is it for you with your sleep? Do you manage to get a decent amount of sleep or is it a, a battle? It seems like you're pretty well balanced. Yeah, I try to be, I mean, like I'm only nine months into this freelance thing, so it's still a balancing act right now and kind of seeing what works and what doesn't. Um, but sleep hasn't, hasn't been much of an issue. I mean, there definitely has been times when I'm working with clients that 
uh, that's a big deliverable in like a short amount of time. And she's like, well, this week is going to be 4 a.m. nights and whatever. But always knowing that I do control my career and I do control my schedule um, and making sure that, hey, if I'm going to have this type of week um, to be able to deliver this to the client, I'm going to do like my best work and work the hardest I can to make sure that I'm delivering something that is worth the rate that they're paying. But then the next week I'm going to stop for a couple of days and just recoup and go to bed on time, do normal family things um, and not shut my mind off uh, to the work life totally, but give my mind some time to refresh itself. Because, I mean, sometimes when you've been thinking about a certain thing for so long, it's hard to think of something new. Um, and so kind of pressing that white button for your brain, hmm. refresh it and kind of get some new juices flowing for the next kind of project coming up has, has worked really well for me. Wow. And it's kind of even though I have some days that don't look balanced there in, in the long term, it kind of balances itself. Hmm. You seem very nice and even keeled and stuff, which is good. You mentioned some <laughs> some podcasts. Are there, are there some other podcasts that you used as resources that helped you along the way? Or is there something like, or even like a book or something that you found that really helped you when you decided to make this uh, the shift to freelance? Yeah. Um, I used to listen, well, I still do, uh, listen to the BroGraph podcast, the BroGraph guys. Um, they have some pretty cool material and it's pretty fun kind of, loose podcast i've I've been able to be on uh, a few episodes with them lately which has been really fun too hmm. um and then there's a um there's a podcast that i can i think it's called the accidental creative okay which is really uh fun to listen to and they really go through um a bunch of kind of like freelance problems and kind of situations that you might find yourself in, which is really uh, interesting. Mm. But um, besides that, I, uh, I've, I've read a lot of books about um, just focus and creating goals and getting to where you want to be um, in your career, which is a big motivator for me. Which books uh, have, didn't, were those? Yeah. I, um, that was, let's see, it was, um, uh, mastery by robert green i yeah, believe that's a game changer book yeah that's it was that was a really good one um of what course, you, what's I your a, key takeaway from that book i have a couple but i'm curious to see what your key takeaways were yeah i think um the main thing would have been following the progression of your life to kind of develop who you are as um like a a, a person in your your career kind of creating your own mastery. Yeah. Um, the kind of stories that, that he went through with the type of people that we hear from day to day and how they became kind of like those names, it, it always seemed like it was always like a natural progression. They kind of followed where the universe kind of took them almost and were open to changes and possibilities and stuff like that. And they just kind of like followed what they, what they wanted. Yeah. Do you think that's part of it? It's just being able to follow your bliss, I guess. That's what you, I guess people are saying. That's the, the line. Yeah, I, I think it's super important um, in being as fluid as possible, too. I mean, I started out playing music, and then I started doing 
merch design on tour because I was bored and like who knew that I would be doing this now. Yeah. Uh, but it always was me following my kind of desires and then it kind of like naturally morphing into like, oh, I'm going to do this for a living now because it's just like too much fun. Um, and I don't know, it's, 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 it's good to always make sure that you have a long-term kind of golden goal to look after. And then that will give you a certain kind of, um, kind of roadmap for yourself to, to make decisions based on, Mm. which I've always done for myself too. Yeah. Do you sit down and do lists? Do you do self-reflection and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I do a lot of self-reflection and meditation um, and just kind of looking at myself from the outside and seeing where I'm truly happy and where I'm truly not and making decisions based on those two factors, really, and moving towards what makes me feel good in my life. And eventually you kind of you shove out the things that weren't really working for you and you get new things that do work better for you. Uh, which is the, one of the things me going freelance is one of those decisions for me. And now my life is better than, you know, ever. And I'm continually kind of growing and morphing my career and my world and stuff to kind of get to my next step, really. Hmm. What is that next step? Because that's the next thing I was going to ask you. Do you do the end goal? I mean, is when when Mitch Myers has left the earth, do you, <laughs> what, what do you want to have left here? Um, yeah. what, what do you have, what do you want to have left behind? And is it something, is it a big thing? Is it a small thing or is it, you know, what, what is that? Yeah. That's, that's like kind of a hard question to answer. It's I something have that like, people don't ask enough and I'm wondering why people uh, don't. I think it's because they're afraid of the idea. And I think that's probably. that in and of itself is a problem because we are all going to die, you know, like, yeah. well, as far as we know, that's the fact, you know, death and taxes are the two consistent things in, in this reality um but it's something that i'm like why 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 not talk about this you know like and why not think about it not in the way of like this is gross just like t- give it a quick thought and not in a sad thing but it's just like okay right. cool like let, what's my mission here you know <laughs> yeah definitely yeah. i always set big goals for myself and then once i once i reach those goals i set a new set of mm. goals to create and hopefully that continually happens up to the day that I like move on. But I think when it comes down to it, um, I just want to be like a good role model and have a, uh, I guess like a, a touch on people's lives and how they became happy. Um, and how my family kind of had growth and became happy too. And hopefully my daughter learns a lot from me in a good way. And, I leave a, a lasting impression on her too. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, just if, if I can, if I can give something back to where people remember me for it is, is a pretty awesome goal to have. I think. Wouldn't you say you're already there then? <laughs> Hopefully. That would well, I mean, it looks like you're already cool. giving out things in your information and you're inspiring people and you're giving out tutorials and stuff. So, so you've already yeah. reached your life's goal then. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I guess to to that extent, it would just be to extend on that as much as possible. Gotcha. That's good. I mean, yeah, because, you know, everybody varies, right? Some some of my friends are like, I want to make a million dollars or I want to make $20 million <laughs> I mean, and all that stuff. That's cool. That'd be cool, cool yeah. too. Sure, yeah. sure. You know, what's interesting is like the money, um, it naturally just comes. Uh, 
Yeah. Especially when you are truly finding your bliss and, and discovering that like it kind of, it kind of just appears and, it's a, and it becomes abundant. I think once you just kind of let that go in a sense, but cause I find that people that are money grubbing and really hungry for it, like they just like gobble it up, but it's like a weird, it's a weird process, I think. So mm-hmm. yeah, money is quite an interesting thing, but it sounds like from what you say, your life goal is sounds like you're already doing it. And it sounds like you're already in your bliss. You mind if I ask how old you are? Yeah, I'm 27, 20, dude, it's so hard to like yeah. remember now that I'm getting to this point. <laughs> yeah. I think it was like 28. A, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it's, it's awesome that you've, you're discovering your bliss. Um, you know, already, I just turned 35 and it's starting to hit me like, wow. Like, cause I always thought, and I always think that I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm just young and I can just continue on. And I think it's like my, I'm like, wow, I'm getting older and I should really yeah. start to really think about pivoting and changing things. And like, really trying to adjust um, the approach on certain things. I'm, I'm very blessed and very thankful, but it's just, I'm becoming more and more aware of the end date on its approach, you know? <laughs> so like, cause you, you know, that's another thing that's so crazy about life is we're not sure if and when that will happen, when we will pass, yeah. you know? And it's like almost like a, it's kind of a, a blessing and a curse, you know, like you just kind of go for it and then you just kind of see what you can get and enjoy yeah. it the best as you can. And, and I think you, it sounds like you have a really good balance because I think balance is probably one of the harder things that most of us fight or not fight, but just try to discover through the process of, you know, being an entrepreneur, being a family person and also yeah. having a life um, outside of these two really important things. I think that, um, I think, I think it was like Richard Branson even said, I can't, I think it was him that said like, if you decide to have kids that should like, you should retire from life because that's your most <laughs> important job you know it's like mm-hmm. having kids and raising kids and being really like creating good humans basically you know yeah, yeah. um and that's a real that's a i mean that's a really incredible thing to say i don't know if i would full-time be fulfilled in my life if it was just that but maybe i could it's just a matter of shifting my mind and my goals and stuff obviously but um i don't know it's just a thought that i thought about quite a bit because i feel that just one of those those things is a, is a, is a full time operation, really. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> dealing with the freelance thing is a complete full life, full time operation. Dealing with you know, taking care of family is a f- total full time operation. And then, if you decide to have a personal life on top of that, that's that <laughs> that itself is a full time operation. So managing those and expectations is good. It's cool that you keep bliss and you talked about mastery. Was there another book that you were influenced by heavily? Yeah, um, I think or books, books. Yeah, I um, I think one of the ones I I read early on was um, uh, what was it? It was by George Lois. Yeah, uh, damn good advice, damn, for people. Yeah, talent. damn good advice. Yeah. That was a cool one. I like I like his his personality. <laughs> yeah, he's fully Greek. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he's he's a good read, and um, it was kind of just a nice little like funny book to kind of bring some more life into the industry and kind of the way I view my career and stuff like oh, this is cool. It's funny. It's, it has good, uh, information in it and stuff. So it was just like a, a nice book for me to put in my, uh, put in my mind. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I like those two books too. I have a ton of them. What's interesting is I have like, I binged on a bunch of them, and then I stopped. I haven't read um, a self-help book in, I don't know, like maybe six months or so. 
think I got burnt out on it. I was like, okay, enough self help. <laughs> it's time to get to work, you know? So, <laughs> right. Yeah. But I don't know. When's the last time you've read one of those books? Yeah, it's been a while for me. Um, I think Mastery was the last one, and that was earlier, like mid last year. Okay. So, yeah, it's it's been a bit. On your list, um, besides the ambiguous, like, you know, just be good and help people out, do you have any specific goals? Like for me, for example, one of my specific goals is I want to direct a feature-length film. It doesn't have to be a Hollywood one. It just has to be a feature-length film. Like I'll do it myself or I'll work on a whatever. But that's one of the things on my bucket list prior to, to departing. Or is this something, is there, do you have certain things or a certain list or is it something that you have in mind? Yeah, totally. I've always wanted to win a, at least Emmy-nominated title sequence. Okay. That's like a big... That's like, like a re- that's always, a new thing too, isn't it? I know, yeah. It's yeah. it's it's brand new, and I've always been kind of infatuated with the title sequence thing, and I've never been able to work on one. <laughs> so mm. I'm like, I'm still waiting for that day, and I'm really excited for it. Um, so hopefully that happens. Uh, and right now, I mean, that's that's the one. I'll uh, I'll make a new one after that one's done. Okay, so you go um, piece by piece, and that's yes. definitely obtainable. The, I my only worry for that is like when it comes to like, there's a lot of weird politics and just weirdness that happens with these like award ceremonies and stuff, and that's yeah, what, yeah. so, so I, I'll, I'm going to rant here for a sec, but it's one of my gripes against all this stuff is like it's like when you have to get validation, it's like who cares? There's so much <laughs> amazing. Like when I'll see like um, I'll watch a certain film and I'll go, that film was brilliant. And it was yes. brilliant to me based on subjectivity of what I find interesting, right? But at the mm-hmm. same time, it is better than these films that I've seen that I, they're getting all this attention and awards because they're getting, they're, they're basically feeding themselves off their own little ecosystem of like, you know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. And that's, I, I, I'm always very wary of like these awards things, you know, like I've had like Raul Marx, like him, Patrick, yeah. Claire, and Elastic, and like Raul is a friend of mine and he's, and they've received like, multiple um awards i think too you know and it's like i'm super pumped for them but i know it's just like yeah, a lot of it's politics not saying that the work's not amazing it totally is it's awesome but it's just i always i'm always very wary because i'm like hmm we you know like who's behind it who's got the taste mm-hmm. and you just want to hope hopefully your your taste aligns with these people's taste you know and like they they hold the thing so that's always been one of those things that early on in my career, I was like, yeah, stay away. I'm going to stay away from those things because they'll just like destroy you because you're just wanting to like, you know, get, get the love of people that might not align with your taste, you know? Yeah. Which is definitely think, difficult. I'm sorry. I don't want to shit on your parade. So sorry. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> yeah. I think the Emmy thing is more or less so for the award and more so just for the experience to mm-hmm. go like get all spiffied up and like <laughs> yeah. do the, uh, do the Emmy thing and just like go crazy for a night just have that experience in my life to look back on and it's totally awesome. Yeah. And enjoy yourself and like see the fruits of your labor, which has got to be incredibly great, you know, like totally. Yeah. It's just a special experience too. So, which is really cool, you know? So, and and it exists for a reason to hopefully if it's done right, I think it's designed to influence, um, the creative field and really kind of give, give life to that, you know, to the creative community to kind of push people to go like, wow, that was great. Or, 
and that's where the trends all come from. And there's a good side and bad side, obviously to it. But I mean, I'm, sure. yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful I'm not coming. I, I think it's, I think it's, I'm really happy and proud of my friends for receiving these awards. And it's, and it's, it's a definite interesting thing. I'm just always like, Oh man, you know, I'm always sketched about it. Or I'll like watch those <laughs> shows and I'll see like, you know, and say like uh, an amazing actor didn't get an award in comparison. I'm like, yeah. what the heck, you know, like, but it's, it's so subjective, which is so interesting too, you know? Yeah. So, but, um, also I think the thing with those is interesting is once you have that, it's kind of like this staple thing. It's like, Hey, I got this award and people are like, Oh, respect, you know, like you get instant <laughs> right? respect off of that, you know, which is, which is cool too. If that's what you're after as well. It's like, Oh wow. Like, you know, like you don't have to explain yourself so much, you know? It's yeah. like, you know, yeah, I don't know when, some, when you talk to a stranger, um, that you meet via party or just on the street or whatever, what is it that you tell them that you do and how do you explain it? You know, and that's usually <laughs> what helps too. But what do you, how do you explain what you do? Yeah, that's hard because a lot of people don't know <laughs> what like emotion designer is. Yeah. Um, and I think like the closest thing to what people kind of connect it to would be like visual effects. Um, and so most of the time I'm like, uh, I am a freelance, you know, I'll say like I'm a freelance uh, motion designer and art director. And when they're like, Oh, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> then I'll be yeah. like, it's, it's like, it's like visual effects. Just let's go with that. You can envision that in your mind at least. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then you have to kind of pare it down to something that's more or less common or yeah. like makes it's easily digestible in the mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a, it's a hard one. Cause it's a, especially like if you're constantly going out and about and doing all kinds of random things, uh, yeah. I want to segue a little bit and talk a little bit about, um, Houdini and kind of how you got into that, the VDBs and all that stuff. And maybe you can explain kind of what that is to people that might not be aware of what that is. Yeah, definitely. Um, so Houdini was kind of a, uh, just a process of me wanting to experiment. And, um, I had that, that really excited feeling that I first had when I jumped into like cinema 48 for my first time. Mm. It's just like, Oh my God, I have no idea what I'm doing. And it's, it's almost more fun because almost every single thing that you do, like create something that you didn't r- realize would happen. Mm. Uh, and so it was a process first of me just taking a bunch of different nodes and connecting them together and seeing what happened. Um, and it's still like way over my head. Houdini is, <laughs> I think really, it's always really going difficult. to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Um, but kind of messing with the VDBs and stuff. Can you explain what a VDB is to people that might not know? Definitely. Um, so a VDB is volumetric database and it's a file type that, um, programs like, uh, Houdini, obviously, um, octane render, you can upload VDBs. Um, and so it's, it's basically a, uh, uh, a simulation of a volume. Um, and so you can upload a VDB directly into, let's say octane. Um, and it'll, it'll look like just like a blank box, but when you hit render, um, the, the, uh, render engine recognizes it as a volume and depending on what settings you have for that volume, as far as your density and absorption and all that kind of nonsense, you can get different looks and, um, create, you know, clouds, whatever you want really. Um, and you can, you can do the same thing with particle simulations and things like that. But a VDB is kind of like a easy static file type just to like upload good for stills and things too. Yeah. And it's amazing to get volumetrics inside. That's one thing that's like a phenomenal about real time rendering and just rendering in general. Now it's like you have 
some we have a lot of options now we have redshift and octane mm-hmm. and and i think like i think blender has been killing it with some rendering stuff as well mm-hmm. like it's kind yeah. of crazy everybody's been stepping it up i've been noticing that too in the camera industry as well it's just the w- there's probably never been a better time if you're a creative person to be to have the tools to do what you want and so like being able to have volumetrics and then scatter light and then like being able to see it live is it's just like I call the era before all this, I call it the dark days when you have to like, you know, wait for the buckets and you, you know, oh, you'd have man. like non volumetrics and it's like, dude, this just sucks. It really just yeah. sucked. You know, like no matter what you did, your renders just kind of sucked unless you had like crazy, crazy, crazy skills and like the know how. Um, but now I feel like people that are generalists and can get, get in this program and make something pretty cool, pretty fast, which is really great. And it's just, very liberating. So I use some VDBs on, um, like, I don't know if I, I don't know how I did it. I forget how I did it. Or maybe I made it using the fog volume in octane because yeah. you can actually kind of simulate one slightly with noise, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. but I, I used it in edifice when I was doing the buildings and I, cause I wanted to create some sort of like volumetric kind of fall off, but it was very difficult and it, the renders were like ridiculously oh, long. So I was like, nah, crazy. it's not possible. Yeah. <laughs> cause you get those like little lights. If you get little lights in fog and octane right now, I think it's going to change in version four, which I think they're still yeah. like, they have it. They've released a standalone as of now, but I don't think they have the, the cinema 4d version. Yeah, not um, yet. Yeah, looking forward they, to that. Uh, My life is ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for yeah. real. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a game changer. I'm looking forward to that because it's just like, oh man, it's um the the adaptive noise reduction and all that stuff is just very much needed for me at least because yeah. I I like to use I like to throw everything at it you know as much as possible. I just try to break it basically, and I try to throw as many <laughs> things as I can. At, at the engine to see what I can get out of it. Cause I'm trying to create reality as you are, I'm sure as well. So yeah, yeah. you got right. into making um, planets and stuff as well, which is that's, isn't it, isn't it so fun? It's crazy. Fun. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's super fun. It's, it's like, wow, I have like, I have Jupiter and I can see it and I'm like going around it. And this is yeah. the best. It's like a childhood dream almost. Yeah. Same. That's why we made epoch. Um, Chris and yeah. I we made epoch because it was like, man, I really, uh, I love space and it's like, let's make a space film because like we can, and I didn't want to get into advanced like rigging and UVing and texturing. And, and well, I guess we got into crazy advanced texturing un- unknowingly, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's one thing. What got you into that? It's just a pure interest in space or what, what, what kind of is like the catalyst for you? Yeah, I think it, it, initially it was like a, just a pure interest. Like I love space and eventually I'm going to have enough money to like buy a, a ticket to space somehow. <laughs> like <laughs> if I get, if I can do that once in my life, that'd be fantastic. But, um, I tried to do a, a couple of like planet renders, um, just with like standalone cinema 40 back in the day when I was first starting. Um, and then once I started to jump into these other renderers like Octane, I was like, hmm, I wonder what I can create with this and what other, whatever, uh, like experimentations I can like make from it and see if I can learn something new. And, uh, that's how I kind of developed that way of doing that, uh, atmosphere for my planets, um, which I presented at that year's Seagraph 2 for Maxon. And a lot of people didn't know that you could just drag a sphere into a uh, octane VDB or uh, uh, a volume, and it will wrap around that that geometry and create like a ball of volume for you. Yep, there you go. And uh, <laughs> there you go. 
Yep. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I mentioned earlier in the show is like, that's where you find that gold is you find it through just going, Hey, what if this? And then you just break things until you're like, Oh wow, that works. And that's interesting. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Definitely. And then you discover style. And I think it's a whole new universe really for creatives is in the CGI realm because you can just do and make, you can make all your own roles, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's what makes, I think, Houdini so powerful. I'm really holding off from even touching that software for a while now. And so <laughs> I can, I have quite a few other things I need to do first because I'm just, I'm worried that the moment I get in there, I'm just not going to leave my house and nobody will see me for like a couple months, you know, because <laughs> yes. it seems like it's, it's just one of those programs that's going to demand m- me to give it everything to really grasp its magnitude. Yeah. So <laughs> it'd be you- fantastic fantastic to like be able to move my style type or what i create towards more of like a fine art um just at least people viewing this type of work is more of a fine art rather than a uh a um, product of a corporation needing something you know yeah that's a tough one Mm -hmm. pivoting yourself like um i remember a long time ago i was doing a podcast with Bradley G monk. And, uh, he was, uh, saying that one of his goals is to do some kind of pivot himself as well. And kind of, we, we he used the, the reference of an artist called James Jean, who's a incredible illustrator and like how James Jean, like, um, I think I'm not sure if originally he was into the commercial stuff too, but it, it, that is a very hard shift because what we do now, let's face it is pretty like trivial like for commercials and stuff, it, it's, it's so disposable, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, and that sucks to say, but it's the truth because it's like, Oh, like that thing you did. I mean, sometimes it's cool and it sets trends, but it's not long lasting, I think, because it's so it's for consumer based. And as we consume things, we're all part of it. We consume so rapidly. And so it's instantly pretty quickly forgotten. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's just yeah. the nature of it. But I think, yeah. wait, what do you, what do you, what do you, what appeals to you about the fine art aspect of things? What is it that um, you feel is important? Or like, what would kind of give you that, I don't know, that resolve or that interest yeah. to, to, to talk and work on in, in that realm? It's probably just stems from the fact of needing that freedom. Um, it's, it's cool. I mean, I love the, the things I do for my clients, um, in having those, those deadlines and the, uh, the restrictions that come with it and things like that. I mean, like it's definitely another room for growth for myself. Um, but having the type of feeling towards your art and, and just the reasoning behind it, I don't know, just like I, I listen to a lot of things about fine artists from all different centuries and things like that. And just kind of what their lives were like and like why they created art and why they did what they did. And it's just like really amazing to me Mm. that, that like every, that what they're known for, for their life is kind of like the pieces that they put all of themselves into, you know? Yeah. And to think about like what you're creating in that way is really cool. And that, it's not just something trivial, even if it is for something trivial, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's a good way of looking at it. Cause I mean, yeah. you have to come to terms with it, right? It's like, okay, well mm-hmm. I'm working on this commercial. It's going to come in and it's going to go and it's going to fly away. Or it's like something that's just like, you know, it's just a thing, you know, and you're getting paid for it. And usually hopefully if you're lucky, you're getting paid well 
to mm-hmm. be able to afford yourself the time to go and work on work that matters to you in- internally, you know, because I feel like I'm still I'm, I'm there too. like I appreciate my clients. I do everything I can to get the best work possible for them. But at the end of the day, like I'm mostly concerned once I'm done with that and I give them what, what they need, I'm right back to what I'm my focus is, you know. Yeah. Which is difficult to find that real balance. So I think it's, uh, it's very difficult to find that balance. It's, it's a, it's a hard thing to, to achieve, I think. Um, but yeah, it's something to strive for. That's another life goal. That's a big life goal though. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one to be able to just basically create at will and to have a, a following. But I think there's probably never been a better time than now. Um, like, you know, I don't know if like the Vincent Van Gogh's would exist anymore because I don't think like they could live in such, um, seclusion, I think because of just the ability of accessing people and sharing your work and not needing like a, like, I don't know, I could be completely wrong, but I don't think you need a representative anymore. You know, I don't think, I I don't think you need that. I don't think you need a person telling other people that you're good. I think that you can (laughs) do that yourself if you want to. It doesn't hurt, you know, to have a good producer or some like a great team duo. I I, I don't think that's wrong. I'm not trying to take any power away from people, but I don't, but I don't think it's necessary if you don't need it. You know, I think you could do it all yourself and get yourself out there. Yeah. There's a lot of bands that are self representation and they're not, you know, they're not even looking to get signed anymore. They're, yep. they're just doing their own thing, selling a bunch of CDs on iTunes and promoting through social and they're doing just fine. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a matter of just finding what matters to you. And, you know, I don't know if like I, and people would say like, you know, in regards to music, it's like, Oh, the, the days of like, you know, the Beatles is gone. Yeah, it is because that was the past, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that, um, that you should give up on your dreams, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Just create like a new, a new way for people to like, just support you basically. Yeah. Find it other ways. I remember I'm a big fan of this band called tool. And I remember hearing about tools like, um, and I know Maynard's quite a unique guy and, and the band, all of them themselves are very thoughtful people and they're very considerate of like just things, you know? And, I, they're not even on iTunes and they have their own, they made their own label to make their own music so they can have control over it. And yep. like, you know, people piss and complain that they don't make, you don't know, rapidly push out albums. I don't think that bands are supposed to, honestly, I think we're blessed to have at least one album, you know, even just one song, you know, yeah. um, I have no problems with that. If an album takes a lifetime, then that's what it takes, you know, but um, <laughs> I'm just different on the fact that I know that how art works, you know, so I'm like willing to be patient with it. But I find that fascinating because they're able to just kind of control the output and the, and the things that they have and how they get their, their work out there, you know, and how they um, control that. And they're able to do what they want when they want to do it. And that control, I think is really what matters. Oh, oftentimes I think that, if you're not willing to take that control, you're going to put it in somebody else's hands. And honestly, they're probably going to manipulate you and they're going to take a percentage that's not going to make any kind of sense. Yeah. Going there's, to, yeah. there's no one really that can make the decisions based on where you want to go in your life than like you. Like you're the perfect person to be able to make the small decisions that that grant you the possibilities that may come towards you in the future. Yeah. And, you know, someone else hasn't known you forever. You know, they don't know like exactly what you want or exactly what you're looking for. Even, yeah. even so like that, I mean, that changes often too personally. So it's hard for someone to make quick decisions on your behalf when they have their own business to run. 
Yeah, absolutely. Which I think it comes down to just taking the power in your own hands. And I think there's never been a better time to, to do this. I was having a, a deep talk with a close friend of mine about this. And he was saying that the day of having an audience is over because it's everything, the algorithm and everything is over, overstretched. And there's not, there's, it's, it's not, you're not able to do it like you used to. And I was like, man, I don't, I don't agree with that. I mean, sure. <laughs> I, I just think that I, I maybe I'm just completely lost in the in the the reality or the the romantic idea that if you do good work and you put it out there, that eventually your audience will grow from it. Like if you build it, they will come. You know, and I feel that because when I find somebody really great, like last night I found this guy named Sean Tucker. He does these YouTube videos. Are you familiar with him? He's a photographer. Uh uh-uh, uh no. It's really great. And he makes these like, like on YouTube, I get kind of annoyed with it because it's like, Hey guys, what's up? Yeah, I have this one tutorial. And it's like, Hey, like that's cool, but that's not like real. That's, you're not being a real human right now. Like you're being <laughs> yeah, kind yeah. of weird, you know, like, and, yeah, yeah. and the, his approach is like, Hey, I'm, I'm a guy. I'm, I'm just here. I'm, I'm flawed, but I, I'm also trying to create and I'm doing my thing and I'm following my passions. And he's not like, you know, subscribe now and like, and you know, like there's always these things that I find and I watch a lot of YouTube videos cause I just find them fascinating. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, he's it, really great. Anyways, what I was saying is that, um, watching his tutorials, he puts them, not tutorials, he does these videos that just kind of really great. They encapsulate some really bigger ideas and stuff. And then he'll put them out there and then I'll share that because I find that's really interesting. And I'll share that with my audience and my audience will share it with other people. And I think that that's how you naturally spread things. You put stuff out there, you know, it's like, and you put those things with goal, with the goal of just simply sharing things and, and it'll naturally kind of, uh, the growth will naturally come. I think, um, that's, I, I could be completely wrong. Maybe that's the, I don't know. My friend was right, but I just felt that was a negative <laughs> approach to it. Cause I was like, <laughs> if that's the case, then nobody should be doing anything. Then, you know? Yeah. I hope you're right because yeah. I, I, I tend to agree with your side of it. And I, I don't know. I just think it's, it's the, there's still possibility for growing your audience and things like that. I just think it's different than it used to be. And, how it used to be was different than how it used to be before that and stuff. It's just all about maintaining the possibility to change what you're doing and kind of be flexible and understand what not not necessarily what people are looking for, but the, the fashion that they're looking to see it in, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, like for instance, like everyone is looking to see work on different platforms now. So that's just an adaption that you make and, people follow it. Hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. I think right now too, it's like, it's the battle of the Facebook and Instagram and Behance, you know? <laughs> yeah. And one of them's going to die out soon and it's going to move and shift. And then, you know, it's just kind of, you, we see it, it's just kind of a common trend, you know, and there was like another one that popped up, but then I knew it was going to die out fast because it came up so fast. Yeah. I felt like, okay, this is going to die quickly. Uh, it, Cause it's like anything, anytime something hits really hard, it's going to die just as fast. I usually, it's very rare to do those things stick and stand, you know? So, but yeah, it's, it's the platforms and where to, where to share it and how to share it and all that kind of stuff, you know? So, um, yeah, but I don't know. I find this stuff really fascinating. How do you deal? There's a, there's a couple things that are, I find interesting and, and, and keeping yourself so open and exposed to people. How do you deal with people that are not necessarily a fan of your work or like, I don't know, I guess you call them like a troll or an internet <laughs> hater. Do you, you seem like you're pretty balanced. What, what are you, what, how do you deal with that? Uh, I mean, 
everyone has their opinion. I don't know. Maybe it's because I was in the music scene and that like is a pretty uh, intense kind of scene to be in as far as the, the haters and the lovers. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's cool if you like it. It's cool if you don't. Cause I think when it comes down to it, I'm making it for myself, even though if that, that does sound kind of, um, I don't know, like weird or bad even, I don't know. It's just, I'm, I'm making my work for myself because of it, when it comes down to it, um, cause it makes me feel good and it brings me a sense of progression and passion and worth. And, um, I mean, I'm going to keep doing it anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I do take, you know, criticisms and things that will help me grow. And, you know, I'm definitely, how do you decipher that? Change? Yeah, that's yeah, good. But that's, that's a difficult thing, right? Because yeah, I get notes and things from people that I'm like, what the heck? Like, yeah, were, it's, yeah. it's, it's mostly like, uh, if it's something to do with the look, um, or just the way something is designed or whatever. I mean, if it's, it's it's your brain making it and you did things for a specific reason and if you if you are confident and you stand by like the reason you made it and then it's like that criticism is almost not worth anything um yeah. in your eyes because it's just it's your stuff but i mean sometimes it, it does help when it comes to like the technical aspect of it like hey you should have maybe done it this way because it would have taken like a couple steps out of your process. I went through this too, like stuff like that. And like, yeah, right on. That's awesome. If it's going to make me faster and stuff like that, then that's cool. But you know, if, if my work doesn't look good enough for someone, you know, if it's a client that hurts because they're paying for it, you know? Yeah, but of if course. If it's someone that's not good. paying for it, yeah, then it's, it's mine. So what do you care? <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to look at it. I, I always, for me, I have a, I have, I call it like the trust and it's like a group of very close people that have an exceptional taste who are better than me. And that's the people that I get. That's who I take real notes from. Yeah. Everybody else. I'm like, yeah, you know, and then like the people that will like, um, I've had it happen quite a bit. It's like they'll come out and be like, oh, this sucks or this is not very good or whatever. And then I I look at their work and go, man, you're really not at a place to even like say that, you know? <laughs> and so, and like, and like, I mean, I would never say that to somebody anyways, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, if I don't right. like, and I, I feel like there's this weird thing where people think that they need to share their opinion in even their yeah. bad ones. It's like, the thing is that really upsets me sometimes. I'm like, you don't even know what my intention is and you don't right. get it. And I'm sure maybe I missed the mark with you, but it's like, well, like if, if that's the case and why are you like feeling like you should tell me that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Do you, like, 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 do you want to get something out of me? Like, yeah, is it, are you waiting for me? Cause what's happening is you're getting, you're getting something out of me, but it's not good, you know? Yeah. And it's like, thanks, you know, like there's no need for that. And I think oftentimes the average person, like even from, I don't know, I, I guess I would consider myself an average internet user, like on YouTube, for example, like I've never made a YouTube comment. I never, I rarely ever like things. I just kind of watch them and I'll subscribe. That's pretty much it. I don't yeah. really. And I, I thought to myself, like if I sat here and really started putting in comments, I would just, it just would be weird for me. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't care for that. I don't care to <laughs> tell the person whether they did good or bad. They know it. And that's all that matters. You know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, if someone comes to me really wanting my take on something then like that's perfectly fine like i feel i'll give it to them but i'll also put it in like that's my take on it like yeah it's this is not good and like nor bad like it's my take 
my take could be totally stupid. That's just me. Yeah. And it's just exactly it's your perspective. And man, I mean, as a creative person, if you're constantly going, you're constantly shifting. Your perspective is constantly changing and growing. And what you think, like, for example, like I when I first heard Radiohead, I didn't get it. I couldn't get into Tom <laughs> York's voice. Uh, I was coming from like hardcore music and like, yeah, like super gnarly, like metal and stuff. And I was like, man, Hell what yeah. is this? You know, and so it was a hard thing for me to switch. But then it became one of my favorite bands, even like there's a band called Glassjaw. I don't know if you ever yeah, heard of Glassjaw. I do. It's, it's one of my yep. favorite bands. And I hated it at the beginning, first time I heard it. Like, this guy's voice is the weirdest. I hate it. You know, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And I was like, after like 10 listens, I was like, there's something that's crazy about it. And I realized what was crazy is he was probably one of the most authentic singing vocalists I've ever heard up to that point. Um, paired along with like, say, Bjork or something. And I was, yeah. once I realized it, I go, wow, this is authentic, you know, and this guy's really unique. And then it was like, then you had to have that special Kool-Aid, you know, because <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. you get it. And I think it's the same thing with art too. And, but I, I guess it's just the thing that I, I don't know, like if you're listening to this and you're putting out a lot of hate or you're just like commenting on people's work in a negative way, like you should probably stop because it's not doing <laughs> anything good and you're probably just wasting a lot of time. And mostly we're looking at you like you're just an insecure person and it's sad to be you and you should change that about yourself because there's yeah, no need mu- for that. It's much more effective to worry about yourself and your own work. Yeah. And just focus on what you're doing, you know, and then just kind of, yeah. Cause like there's times where I'd watch them and go, that's whack, but I'm not going to go like <laughs> you suck. You should stop. And I'm like, I don't care. You know, like let yeah. that person do their thing. They'll do it forever or whatever. And it's like, and unless they're hurting people, it's like, what's the problem, you know? So yeah. most of the time they're not, but you never know, right? So it's, it's just, I, I feel like it's a very interesting time for humanity where everybody appears to have a voice. And it's like, it's important to know when to let that voice permeate and not, you know? So, but one thing I noticed about when I was browsing through your site and I was gathering questions, because every time I do a, a podcast, I'll write out just general notes and thoughts. One thing mm-hmm. I noticed is you, you you have a lot of personal projects on your site. And, yeah. And I'm, I'm a firm believer in personal projects. What is your pro- approach and, and process and thought on why you do personal projects? And, 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 and you have a decent ratio of personal projects to client work. And um, why is that? And kind of, kind of, can you kind of explain kind of your thought process on that? Yeah. Initially, it definitely was just to experiment. And it was like an easy way to learn and kind of put myself out there too, just put my experimentations out and just, um, see what people thought and just, you know, um, try to get my work out there since I didn't have a whole lot of, um, my own clients too. You know, I, uh, had to either focus on what the agency that I was at, um, was, was working on or my own personal work. Mm. Um, and so just having the outlet, um, the creative outlet to do your own personal thing, especially when you're not getting that, um, that feeling of really progression maybe, or, um, growth that you would really want to feel in the place that you're currently at. Yeah. Uh, the personal project thing can really be a remedy for that. And, um, and then it kind of just morphed into, um, I don't know, just kind of creating the type of work that I would want to get hired for, uh, because it was not too, not too, uh, uh, I think, I think it was like maybe last year, the year before that I, I focused strictly on 3d cause I used to be, um, kind of a, a generalist of 2d and 3d and just motion graphics in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and I would spend a lot more time than I do now in, in uh, programs like After Effects and stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I found my kind of my needs and things morphing towards this 3D side where I was feeling a lot more comfortable and having a lot more fun. Um, and so I just started creating uh, experimentations and thinking of new ideas in Cinema 4D um, and just playing around with things and uh, hoping to basically get an email that's like, hey, we like this thing you did where our project is kind of in that realm you want to do it for us. Um, and luckily, I, I've have gotten like a couple emails like that from clients. And I was like, hey, well, yeah, because the, the best thing to do is get to get paid for something you would do for fun anyway. Yes, smart. That's how I do it. That's the formula right there. I think that's the formula to um, success in your career is doing that. And I'm a huge believer. I think you already know that, but I'm a huge believer yeah, in yeah. passion projects because that really there's like, I think they're the one line that I always remember and I echo in my mind is like, nobody's going to take a risk on you, but you, you know, and you yeah. have to take that risk. And that means you have to take, you have to spend the, those hours and hours and months and days learning a program to be able to learn that new skill. It's such a leap, you know, like I've known so many artists and, and I feel it in myself too. And I felt like for years when I was like, say, when I first started designing, I was just primarily in Photoshop and it was more of an idea person. And I was like, man, I, 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 I need to learn these programs, but it was just so hard because, <laughs> you know, you're comfortable in that realm, but then you have to change and go into another one. But the personal projects have always been for me, uh, a means to get my work out there. And, and it's what's I found for any of you that are listening to this and, and you're curious about doing that. I would, I highly suggest it just as Mitch just mentioned. And I think it's really, really important because like more than ever now in my career is, is clients are not referring to the client work that I did. They don't care about that. They're more or less interested in the passion projects. You know, I have like a lot of clients ask me or come up to me like, well, we saw edifice or epoch and we really like that. And we like where your, your voice is. And we would like to kind of work with you on helping you take that voice and apply it to whatever we're doing. I'm like, okay, cool. That's interesting. Like, how can we help? And like, how can I do that? You know, which is, I find it be fascinating. It's really cool too. So yeah, man, it's much easier for a client to like put you on a project where they witness the same sort of passion that they may have for the type of thing that they're doing. Then yes. it seems like a better fit for them. Yeah, absolutely. Which I think it only just feeds the monster basically. So, <laughs> which is, <laughs> which is really the goal, you know, in my, in my mind, it's, that's the goal is being able to get, is to be able to just continually do what you feel you're in, you know, your what you love is you know and get put that out there some of my favorite projects and i'm sure you're probably aligned with this is the ones that d didn't even involve any kind of money exchange or any of that stuff because that stuff is awesome and it's really great um but it didn't necessarily it wasn't a part of the formula but when you can blend those two it's like oh this is the best oh yeah because you get paid to do what you love you know and i think that's kind of what you were talking about earlier which is getting into that fine art realm but more or less just i think what you're saying is just having freedom to do what you love and to yes. and to do that as much as possible so um is there a dream project that you can think of that like i mean obviously you mentioned getting the award for a title sequence is there um, like a show or a thing like, like, you know, like oh, I'm a big fan of breaking bad or something like, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> and like, is there a, a dream project or a director or agency or group of people that you want to work with at this point? Yeah, I've, um, I've been trying to work with elastic a lot, uh, recently 
and it's just happened to where our our uh, calendars haven't lined up, which is a bummer because um, I've been wanting to work with them for a long time, even before I went freelance. Um, but uh, hopefully that happens soon. And um, I would love to work more on short films actually hmm. just because I, I i just got off um doing some some little things for a short film that uh i got i randomly got like emailed about and it's just like fun to talk to the director and things like that about um just kind of like their vision and everything and i study film theory a lot too um which is how i i base a lot of how i build my 3d scenes Yep. And how I like things and it helps a lot. And just kind of being in that side of things too, um, the film side rather than just the commercial side can help both um, a lot. And just, you know, trying to vibe off of other directors and uh, what they could possibly, you know, help me with um, and sure. help me grow and stuff. Like if I can get as much as that, that'd be fantastic. Wonderful. That's great. What are we to expect to see from you in the coming years? What are you expecting to kind of really see? You kind of hinted at that right there, but yeah, a couple closing thoughts on what you expect to release and then or some goals that you have in mind and then any kind of closing thoughts or advice you want to hand off to the, to the audience that's listening. Definitely. Um, so I'm working on a little short for myself, which I haven't done in a while. Um, I'm working on, uh, probably it's going to be a short, short, like a three minute short. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's going to be cool. I'm going to try to do a lot of things that I've never done before. Just plain don't know how to do. Um, so that should be fun. Hopefully that doesn't take forever. <laughs> and, um, then I think just seeing where this whole freelance thing goes because it's so new to me still. And, um, hopefully, you know, a few years down the line, I'm, still as happy as I am now and still growing and hopefully uh, doing a lot more uh, speaking engagements and stuff like that too. Cause I love that. I love mm. um, like going to Seagraph and NAB for Maxon and doing uh, any college talks. Um, I should be um, talking at Cornish uh, in the uh, spring semester. So that should be fun too. Awesome. Um, so yeah, hopefully stuff like that and I'll keep doing that and uh, you know, be open to new things too. Wonderful. Short films, all that kind of stuff, doing some speaking. That's awesome. That's all sounds like a lot of fun. Is there something that you think that you can like a piece of advice, something that really helped you along the way or like a, even just could be just like a book or something that you read or a saying that you hear in your mind when you're doubting yourself or anything like that. Do you have anything that comes to mind? <laughs> For sure. I, um, we have like a, a family saying <laughs> me and my wife, I guess mm. that's mm. sprung from me just cause I say it all the time. It's like, no matter what, trust your gut. Mm. And so just like always be willing to make big changes for your life. If that's what needs to happen, like, um, take the plunge and, and just do the necessary things to make yourself happy because the only life that you're living is your own. And if you're not happy in it, if you're not doing the right thing and it's just not, not good for you, <laughs> like there's so much possibility and opportunity for yourself. If you just take confidence in your worth and you do what you really want to, and you just work hard at it. Like it's, it, it's, it's corny almost, but it's so true. Like once you get to the point that you're happy and you can focus clearly and you know you, that you're kind of on this path of where you feel like you're meant to be on. Like it's, it's so liberating and it, 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 your life just takes kind of like this different, this whole different kind of 
thing almost um and it's 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 nothing it's it's like nothing else that you can really experience so no matter what trust you get all right there you have it everyone that concludes this week's episode big thank yous to mitch for coming on the show and sharing his time with us this week you can find links to the show notes for this week's episode at thecollectedpodcast.com slash 177, along with links to our Facebook, Twitter, and iTunes podcast page. Have an amazing day, everybody. Go out there, be powerful, be prolific. Peace out, everyone.